Here we go, College Football Payoff Podcast. We are back, officially, week one of the season. I'm Dan. Big Country's here with me. Feeling good, huh? All right, so as a pod for week one, we went a cool two and two. So nothing bad about being 50%, right? No, man. We, we, can, we can survive another week with that. Yep. All right. So we got, I got four today. You said you had how many? Three? I got three. All right. How about I kick it off then? Um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start with a Friday night game. I got Illinois taking on Indiana. Illinois is already 1-0 on the season after winning 38-6 last week against Wyoming, which they did impress me big time. Illinois is always a tough school for me to kind of figure out who they are, you know, what they're good at. But I think uh, showing out last last week against Wyoming and the fact that Indiana, it was just abysmal last year. Their defense was horrible. I think their defense might have been like the worst in the conference, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, they gave up 384 yards offense last year. Uh, the spread is currently Indiana minus three. I'm going against it. I'm going Illinois plus three. Um, and actually, I might take Illinois to win the game. But I think it was just, for me, impressed with how Illinois started the season last week, uh, taking on Wyoming, 38 points, 477 yards of offense. I can kind of see Wyoming and, and uh, Indiana's defense is kind of being similar. Uh, moving the ball, I mean, Illinois was balanced on their offensive attack, and I can see that being a problem for Indiana as well. Uh, their defense, like I said, the Hoosiers were just gashed last year. They, on average, are giving up 384 yards of, game, of offense a game. Um, and Tommy DeVito, Chase Brown, they carried this Illinois team last week on offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they went off again. Indiana gave up 33.3 points per game last year. Again, that was the most in the Big Ten. I didn't see them really upgrade their team this year on the defensive side of the ball. Still got a long way to go. I understand that, yeah, Wyoming was a weaker opponent, but, dude, the way that the offense has been rolling – in that week one matchup and the way that they ended the year last year. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois wins this game. So I'll take Illinois plus the points for sure, probably throw a little bit on the money line as well. Yeah, I, I really like where Brett Bielema is taking that program. Uh, they are a run first, run aggressive, run all the time team. Uh, so maybe look under that way. But I am thinking that uh, once, uh, once they – get it going that they could they can stay out in front of indiana and not let them catch up all right i'm gonna take it to like maybe one of the best games of the week uh i want to want to cover ohio state and notre dame ohio state right now i'm gonna take them at minus 17 i'm gonna do that because i i do think they're a national championship contender this year and for a few reasons i think notre dame's gonna get caught off guard uh first off with this is the first game where head coach marcus freeman's gonna be at the helm um, and this is also going to be the first game where they're going to be starting this new quarterback, the first Korean-American to ever play or start at a Division One level at quarterback. Um, but I don't think this necessarily means that uh, Notre Dame is, is going to be able to do anything, even though they did promote within uh, the organization once Brian Kelly left. Um, I think they're just catching Ohio State at a really bad time. If Notre Dame plays this game midseason, I think this is maybe around a 10.5-point spread. <laughs> but getting in week one and um, having to 
install a lot of new personnel and a lot of new players for who are starting for the first time is just not going to be the right thing against a, a, a very experienced Ohio State team. As we all know, on the other side of the ball, or on the other side of the field, Ohio State has C.J. Stroud, who's this year's Heisman favorite. And uh, even with losing three different draft picks in their, uh, is it three? Or did four wide receivers get drafted from Ohio State? Uh, I think it was three that left Ohio State. Yeah, so even with three superstar wide receivers leaving Ohio State last year, uh, they're going to reload and go. They have Mar- Marvin Harrison Sr., or Jr., who, <laughs> son of Marvin Harrison Sr., big shocker. And uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I actually have a long shot Heisman bet on this year, uh, they're not going to miss, miss a beat at wide out. And on top of that, I think they have one of the best running backs in the country with uh, Travion Henderson. Finally, they finally got rid of uh, Combs, Combs, Kerry Combs. It, yeah. yeah, that thank God they did. Um, and I think this addition of former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles is really going to have a long, t- a great long-term effect and a quick, immediate impact on Ohio State's defense to improve. On top of that, the game's at night. It's in the horseshoe. Ryan Day is going to want to come out swinging. He is not going to leave any doubt that they should be in the playoff this year, even with one loss if they do. So this is a very important uh, game for them. I, I don't think they let up. I feel good with the 17. So they give me minus 17. I should have taken it two weeks ago at minus 14 and a half. But there's me. Yeah, and uh, you know what? We'll stick with that game because I – I wanted to go with Ohio State minus 17 just because I see how explosive their team is and how much I hate Notre Dame. And I feel like Notre Dame's just a fraud every year. But the play for me on this one, and I have to check my, just make sure I got the right number because the total's at 59. I think this goes clear over 59. And not just because of the firepower Ohio State has, I can see them scoring, you know, easily 50 points a game this year. Obviously, Notre Dame can score points. I feel like Notre Dame might keep it close in the first half or the first quarter, whatever it is, but I can see both teams scoring points. But it's not just the firepower for Ohio State with Stroud, Smith and Jigba, Henderson, you know, all the offensive weapons. We I mean those three right there are Heisman hopefuls already, so but the main thing that we gotta look at, and it's something that, you know, only diehard Ohio State fans would really notice, the turf. Last year was the end of the first real artificial turf at that stadium. That turf was in there for so long, and you could tell early in the year, guys were slipping on that stuff, and it it was worn down. Now they got new turf. New turf means the game's going to be played a lot faster, right? Because now guys are confident in their cuts, and you you put that with the speed and the explosiveness that Ohio State has. I just think that this game being under the lights, the horseshoe's going to be rocking, uh, college game days there, brand new turf. I I can see this easily smashing fifty nine. So I think for me, I'll probably you know I'll stick with you and play the minus seventeen and a half or whatever it was. But I'm taking over fifty nine as my play for this one, and that is my pick for the pod. So there's two for me. Yep. All right. For my second of three picks, I'm going to actually take the Monday night game. We're going to take Clemson minus 22 at Georgia Tech. Um, there's not much you really need to know about Georgia Tech. There's two Jeffs. There's Jeff Collins and there's Jeff Sims. Jeff Collins, head coach, he's the one that took him away from that uh, what, the triple option. 
um, identity has tried to turn them into more of a pass-happy pro-style offense. Um, it has not worked out well for them. Although two years ago, I found some pretty good betting value on Georgia Tech um, with a freshman, Jeff Sims, at quarterback, who's a dual threat. I don't. That just hasn't translated to how he's ad- adapted and grown throughout his years at Georgia Tech. And with him being one of the major weapons and probably the best player on the team for Georgia Tech, I don't see them being able to move the ball much on Monday night. Uh, on the other side of the field with Clemson, they have the best D-line in the country. Two All-Americans on their interior. And when it comes to their offense, although I've had a history of hating on DJ Ungalele, and although I do not think they're going to be national title contenders this year, Clemson is the cream of the crop of the ACC. They will. DJ Ungalele has lost about 15 to 20 pounds, according to the camp reports, and he's moving a lot faster and more athletic. Uh, and he's getting back to the way he played in high school, where he was one of the top quarterback recruits in the country coming out of high school. And then we're also going to get to see the development of Will Shipley this year, running back at uh, Clemson, who did get injured last year. But this is a guy who was highly rated at running back and is, I think, is going to reach his full potential this season. Now, they did lose Brett Venables at defensive coordinator, who, in my opinion, was one of the, was actually the best defensive coordinator in the country. But um, I think those, the effects of that will be felt more long term. I, I think it'll be felt in recruiting and in the big games. I don't think it'll be immediately noticeable. And they did hire within the organization to bring uh, the new DC in. So same scheme, same personnel, and uh, Brett Venable's son is still a linebacker uh, for Clemson. I think this game gets out of hand a little bit early, and yes, I am going along with some big spreads this week, but I don't think Georgia Tech's going to be able to move the ball against this this elite Clemson defense, and I do think Ugalele will be able to get it done. Give me Clemson minus 22. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I was looking at Clemson because we had the talk earlier in the week about how you know, we're talking about our four college playoff teams and uh, Ohio State, Bama. But then you start throwing out names, and I, we were thinking of teams like Utah, which I'm going to get into. Uh, USC could be a dark horse. I even think Baylor has a chance of being a dark horse this year if they can pull an undefeated season out of the Big 12. See, and you got Baylor and all that. And then I think the team that kind of got lost in the discussion was Clemson because Clemson was there for so long, right? And now – they had that one year last year where it's like Trevor Lawrence is gone. All right, how's Uyango Lay or whatever his name is? How's he going to perform? And he he shit the bed. So, you know, we'll see. But but I, I do like that. That was one that I was teetering on. So I'm glad you picked it and not me. All right, I'll go on to my next one. Uh, this is actually a game, you know, Big Country was talking about how he likes the big spreads this week. This is a game where I thought the spread should be a lot bigger. And I'm kind of surprised it's not. And I'm talking about the Arkansas-Cincinnati game. The spread right now, Arkansas is favored by six points. And to me, I think Arkansas should be favored by at least a couple touchdowns. Cincinnati lost damn near everything that they have on offense. And when that happens to a smaller school like Cincinnati, you know, if that happens to Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Bama, Clemson, whoever, they have guys ready to go, right, backing them up. Cincinnati, because they're so young on the national scene, I don't think they have the recruits coming in that these other schools have, so it's going to take them longer to reload. I think this spread is more or less like a testament to how their season went last year, and they don't want to you know, 
Vegas doesn't want to really embarrass them week one by saying you guys aren't you're not good at all. But I think with this man, they're going up against Arkansas. Who don't be surprised if Arkansas has a pretty good season this year. They have uh, KJ Jefferson's coming back at quarterback. Yeah, he won't have his top target, but this offense is still it's built about around running. They're seventh in the country in rushing yards last year. And Jefferson, the quarterback, was their top rusher. So with their, you know, they have number one running back, Raheem Sanders, is gone. Arkansas running game will be just as good, if not better, than a year ago. Passing game gets a little break because, again, Cincinnati lost Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant both to the NFL. You know, Cincinnati's top two defensive backs. And that's it. You know, so much turnover in Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, yeah, I, I rag on Luke Fickle because I don't like Luke Fickle, but he did a fantastic job last year just making it to the playoff. But you take away Desmond Ritter, Gardner, Bryant, Alex Pierce, you know, I, I don't think that this season's going to go the way that Cincinnati hopes it goes. And we saw how Cincinnati played against SEC opponents last year. It, it was pretty evident that there's a pretty wide talent gap there. Uh, I just... Cincinnati's 0-1 as an underdog against the spread. Arkansas 8-4-1 against the spread in 2021. I think the spread should be at least 14, if not more. Yeah, man. I, I support you in your pick. Uh, that Arkansas-Cincy game is just a huge stay away for me. Too much uncertainty for me to invest money this week. But, uh, man, let's let's go. Uh, what do they say? Woo-pig suey or something down there? All right, man. Uh, for my last game told you we're going to stay with with some big uh spreads this week it's going to be tennessee minus 35 hosting ball state uh ball state is getting 1.5 million dollars to go down to knoxville and play this game and to get their ass beat pretty much they are going to be a lower tier mac team this year ended last year at six and seven had a really hard time stopping the run uh their defense last year gave up an average of 415 total yards per game uh, so when it comes to Tennessee being able to move the ball, I don't think there'll be a problem at all. Uh, I really struggled with this pick because I was battling between giving Tennessee minus 24 first half and Tennessee minus 35 full game, but I am going to stick with the full game pick. I don't see Ball State move uh, score more than 17 points here, and I do see Tennessee with 50-plus in this game. So even if we get a 52-17 to 17 game, it's which I think is the worst-case scenario, uh, that's a push for us. Uh, Hendon Hooker's returning along with Jabari Small, starting running back. Jabari last year um, did not play the full season, and he had almost 800 uh, rushing yards and nine touchdowns. I expect him to go off in this game along with uh, Hendon Hooker at quarterback, who did take over uh, early in the season for Joe Milton. That was one of the best decisions Josh Heupel could have made for his time at, as head coach at Tennessee. Yeah, I... I haven't seen this much hype around a Tennessee football team in a long time. And you know how ravaging those fans get. So if if they don't come out and smack Ball State in the mouth, they're they're all gonna already gonna deem this season a disappointment. Josh Heupel knows that. Josh Heupel knows he needs to run it up. Man, they're gonna score fifty plus, but he might keep the gas on till seventy, so give me Tennessee minus thirty five. Yeah, and I don't know. I've been I've been down on Tennessee. I just there's something rubs me the wrong way with that program but again going up against ball state with sec teams basically having to prove every single week that they are the second best team in the conference you know and i feel like it is there for them 
because after Bama, you know, it's the conference is pretty damn good, but we'll see. I like the pick. All right, so that's it for your card. I'm going to end it here with the Florida-Utah game, uh, probably the second biggest game, I would say, aside from Ohio State-Notre um, Dame. Utah, I mean, they came off they came off a fantastic season where they were actually, you know, they played against Ohio State Rose Bowl, and I think they win that game if their quarterback doesn't get hurt. I think Utah wins that game, but you saw how high scoring it was, uh, which is why this I'm taking over 51. It's at the Swamp. I think Utah is only favored by like three points, two and a half, three points. So a lot of people are picking Florida to win basically because it's at home and the Swamp is such a difficult place to play at. But for me, I mean, it's it's Utah's... Utah's firepower that's that's really jumping out to me right now. They seeing it firsthand. I mean, their offense was just a juggernaut. They can't stop anything. So if you know, if Utah gets the ball first, they jump out ahead. Florida's catching up. Now we just got ourselves a shootout. And I feel like playing down in Florida, you know, something about playing down there in beginning of the year, it's gonna be hot and I think they build on it there. Uh you know, Utah, Pac-12 champions. Last year, they're ranked 7th. Florida starting a new regime with Billy Napier, uh, replacing Dan Mullen. Napier was 40-12 and 12 at Louisiana. Uh, so I think he's also trying to establish himself as the next great Florida head coach. Anthony Richardson, at quarterback, yeah, he's only had 64 passes last year, but they're already saying he's a first-round draft pick in the in the draft this season that's how good he is brought and napier brought a lot of transfers from louisiana on the offensive line and in the backfield so if you bring offensive line play with a running back that kind of know each other i feel like the chemistry is there you don't really have to have that bonding for the first week uh they should become familiar with him real quick the offense is going to hit the ground running and you know for utah cameron rising just so impressive against ohio state like I said, this is going to be a shootout. I think, what is it, 51? You're talking a 26-25 or a 30-21. I think both teams score in the 40s here. And I, I think probably one of the easiest overs of week one for college football. So, all right. I mean, that's it, man. Like we said, this year we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. We're going to give you the facts that you need to know. But we're going to give you the plays that you need to make. All right. We got four if you're lucky, might have five, but four plays, solid. We're looking at locks all the time, so we're not going to give you all the fluff that everyone else is going to give you. But, yeah, so let's run them through real quick. I'll go through mine, and then I'll pass it on over to you. We got the over 59 in Ohio State, Notre Dame. Arkansas, minus six against Cincinnati. Illinois, plus three against Indiana. I am going to sprinkle the money line on that. So Illinois money line, and then over fifty one for Utah, Florida. Perfect. I uh, for Big Country's Week One official three pick card. I have Ohio State minus seventeen, Tennessee minus thirty five, and Clemson minus twenty two. No hooks. Uh, push potential for all of them. Let's have a good week. So before we go, then uh, just remember, like, subscribe, follow us, tell your friends. You know wherever you listen, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get podcasts, uh, we are there. We upload next day, probably right in the morning. Um, make sure you get on our socials. I'll let Big Country 
throw the socials for you right now. Follow the pod at CFP underscore pod. Follow Dan at DPOS13. Follow me at Big Country Bets. There it is. And, you know, like always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, let us know. But we, we'd love to hear from everyone and, you know, help us grow by just hitting that like button. You know, subscribe it. Share it with one person. You know, if you're listening right now and you share it with a buddy, he shares it with a buddy. That's how we grow. That's what we're looking to do because, you know, we uh, we had good year last year. We started off the season 50%. You know, so we're going to keep grinding to get higher and higher and hopefully become the most successful college football betting podcast there is. So, all right, that's it for me. Do you have anything else you want to add? Good. All right. Uh, I got to think of a random college football player. Let me think here. Just off the top of my head because, yep, I'm going to go off the top of my head here. Elyria High School alum. I played with him. PJ Mahome, running back, Bowling Green. All right. I'm Dan. That's Big Country. We will see you next week. Have a